Hi everyone, Pamela Log here, your host of the Energy Transitions podcast. If you enjoy listening to our bi-weekly podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button and take a moment to leave a rating or review wherever you're listening. This will help us spread the message and connect with our community. Thanks again for listening to the Energy Transitions podcast from Inlet and Friends. The role of Turkey in Europe's energy markets has grown significantly and Turkish energy companies are stepping up their strategic game to ensure they are well placed to maximize opportunities. One such company is the Turkish renewable energy developer Energisa Yuritim, which recently started a new subsidiary and unified all commercial activities in Turkey, Europe and worldwide under a single brand, Energisa Commodities. My colleague Patrick Bourdin speaks with Ahmed Ojbayin, head of growth and planning of Energisa Commodities, about the changing market dynamics in the Southeast European region and how Energisa is preparing for the region's future energy landscape. I am Pamela Lag and this is the Energy Transitions podcast. Ahmed, thanks for joining our podcast. Well, pleasure for me. Thank you very much for inviting. Can you, uh, first as an introduction, tell us a little bit more about Energisa and uh, also about your current role in the Turkish and, and broader European energy markets? Yes, of course. So let me just first give you a short overview regarding our company, so Energisa Uretim, which is the JV between um, the Turkish conglomerate uh, of the Sabancı Holding, which mm-hmm. is by far one of the biggest conglomerates in Turkey. Um, active in uh, finance, heavy industry, food and beverage, uh, retail, and several other sectors. And uh, the other 50% JV partner is, uh, maybe you know them, it's the German E.ON, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the energy utility. And it just has, uh, has a history of approximately 25, maybe even 30 years. So the, the journey began uh, just installing s- small power engines and uh, generation engines next to the uh, indus- uh, industrial sites. And when the market was growing and developing, uh, it turned out that uh, it might be also a good idea to have an uh, energy company where Energisa was founded in 1996. Afterwards, uh, of course, together with the liberalization in the markets, uh, Energisa became one of the major players in, uh, in Turkey. It split it, uh, the business into two uh, into two legs. On one side, we have the generation and the trading part, uh, which is under Energisa Uretim. Mm-hmm. And the other leg is uh, our sister company, which is also under the umbrella of, uh, of the um, environment, which is um, responsible for the end customers market and uh, distribution parts of the business. So we are serving around 12 million uh, customers in Turkey. On the generation side, we are uh, more or less exceeding now 3,727 megawatt installed capacity with the aim to increase up to 5,000 uh, megawatts within the next one and a half and two years. So all the uh, new uh, investments are uh, fully green, meaning that we are investing only in uh, wind and uh, solar power plants. Mm-hmm. So that I can say we are the company in Turkey, but one off company uh, in the European environment. 
few years ago. So it started maybe in 2016 or maybe even earlier. Of course, there was also a strategy to get an access to uh, to the European continental European markets. And of course, with the generation, it was the optimization around the generation going on exiting Turkey after 2010 when the when the markets were opened uh, for cross-border deals uh, and the connection between NSOE region and, uh, and Turkey was, was opened. At that time, of course, the first strategies and uh, plans begin that Energisa will be also active in uh, on the European side. But as I said, it took a, it took a while, but um, it started with small steps and uh, step by step, getting some um, some exercises, some experiences, gaining some experiences in, in markets by service providers. And uh, recently, uh, in 2020, it turned out that Energisa has to uh, be proactive and do it by itself. And we um, we established in 2019 and became operative in 2020. Energisa, the journey of Energisa Europe began. And of course, the main idea and the main intention behind it was uh, to optimize the cross-border flows from Turkey through Greece or Bulgaria and uh, being active in the uh, southeastern European uh, region. So this was maybe the initial kickoff also for the following investments. Yeah, well, and talking about that region, markets have seemed to have calmed down a little bit uh, recently. And I wanted to look with you at the, the gas and the power markets in the region. Shall we start with, with the gas markets? What do you see as the main trends there specifically? I think we have a, a quite adventurous time uh, behind us in terms of gas, especially when we look into the COVID time. And then afterwards, uh, we had the Ukrainian-Russian conflict. So it was a challenging time, of course. And well, before of that, I have to say maybe um, that there must be somebody above us um, who likes or who loves us in order that we had a mild winter and that we could, uh, could succeed in a less harmful way the winter. But nevertheless, I think the whole market has to think about it, and also politicians are involved in this um, in the circumstances to find, let's say, economical and uh, feasible ways uh, to replace the Russian gas. And of course, LNG is one of the main drivers in this uh, in this context, and especially in the region, uh, Turkey, uh, Greece, Bulgaria playing a, um, a, a big role. Uh, in order with their uh, investments in FSRUs and uh, facilities uh, to utilize LNG gas. But we don't have to forget that there are also existing pipelines. On one side, we have TurkStream, uh, which is still for Turkey one of the uh, of the main supply possibilities. But on the other side, also TANAP, uh, the Trans-Anatolian pipeline, and also the Trans-Adriatic uh, pipeline are the main drivers in order to secure uh, the gas supply to the region. So um, at the end, I think it's not a short-term short shot. We need, of course, uh, long-term uh, strategies and investments in order to secure also uh, to come over uh, um, possible hard winters in, uh, in, the, in the upcoming years that we don't face with any kind of, um, of supply interruptions. Indeed. And looking at the power markets, what are the main trends there, according to you? and also for well, the region and for energy specifically of course we are uh, also observing the whole uh, the whole landscape and for our company it means a to adopt new possibilities new opportunities and uh, to go in line and uh, follow not only follow the trend maybe also to set the trend in our home markets to be more active on the european side 
but on the other uh, on, the, on the other side uh, to learn from other countries and uh, other developments in the region and learning means not only to follow and do the same but learning means also uh, not to repeat maybe some some mistakes uh, that have been done in, in other regions or countries but at the end um, i think the whole sector is in a transition phase and um, we have to observe uh, what are the following trends or what are the main trends uh, where in this context uh, we have to see that uh, that a lot, a lot of market couplings are coming in the upcoming years and market coupling means that we have to calculate with convergence uh, between markets and prices and um, i think also the trading behavior will change in this um, in this terms so that we will see more and more the shift from long-term agreements and long-term trades uh, to short-term trades and intraday uh, intraday trades so that the balancing market and the intraday market will get more and more importance in uh, in the whole trading landscape but on the other side of course there is uh, still enough place to uh, to make the the let's say the traditional trading in long term agreements where you have to secure for the future but on the other side we are uh, we have to look also uh, on the trends uh, which are uh, ongoing and as i said there is a transition on one side we have the european union which is pushing to get green and that more and more renewable investments uh, will pop up not only in continental Europe also in in the Balkan region and the SE region but on the other side we see also the trend that although countries like Germany Switzerland uh, has already decided to step out of the nuclear generation but on the other side we see also other countries which are more and more investing into nuclear so gas might drop in um, in the importance of generation but on the other side, in case of renewables, um, we will see more and more imbalances. We will see more and more the uh, the balancing side the, uh, of the landscape. And um, I think there, are, there will pop up a lot of opportunities uh, in terms of volatility. And from a trader's perspective, of course, volatility is uh, much appreciated as volatility means always enough space for trading opportunities. Yeah, yeah, thank you. In the beginning of this interview, you already explained a bit about the whole history of uh, Energisa Euritim and how you came to uh, Energisa Europe. Um, now, with the launch of, of Energisa Commodities with a focus on renewable energy, are these yeah, increasing investments in, in renewable energy in Europe you just mentioned? Is this the main reason why you launched um, Energisa Commodities as the next step? Not only, of course, we are um, at the beginning. I, um, I was explaining that we reached a, reason, uh, a reasonable size in uh, in our investments in Turkey, and of course, it's still increasing. But the um, the curve will flatten for um, because at the end, um, we are by far the biggest private um, energy uh, utility in uh, in Turkey. So growth means always that you have to look on new markets. And for us, a logical step was uh, to look on, into the neighboring countries. And uh, for this reason, a few years ago, Energisa Europe uh, was established. And we made, in a very short period, very good experiences. And uh, I think we have also a very good reputation in the market uh, with our company, Energisa Europe. But at the end, uh, this is not the end of the uh, development. And development uh, means always to go a step further. And the next step for us was also to get um, an insight into the uh, Western European markets. Um, at the moment, currently, we are also active in um, in Germany, in France, Italy, 
and the neighboring countries. But um, we thought and uh, we are at belief that the next step would be to uh, combine um, the whole European uh, presence under one umbrella and to include also um, the connection between Turkey um, under this umbrella so that we are collecting the whole trading activities under the new established company, which is located and headquartered in, uh, in Amsterdam with a new brand. Of course, in the future, uh, there will be also new um, utilities. So we called it not Energisa Power or Energisa Gas. Um, so we are active in power and gas. And in the future, of course, new commodities will pop up. We are looking also on the hydrogen developments. Um, so therefore, uh, this will be also one of the future commodities, um, which will be also uh, part of our interest to leave there also a footprint. So, um, as I said, it was a logical step for us uh, to go step by step, make our experiences in um, optimizing our flows, our physical flows, exiting from Turkey to the uh, to the southeastern region. And then uh, next development step was the hedging around it, um, get prop trading um, experiences in, in financial deals, being very present also on, on EX and different other platforms and exchanges. And of course, we thought it's um, the next step will be the next development uh, step will be to go through the Western side and to be present also in, in Western Europe. And for us, the Netherlands and especially Amsterdam was um, a good starting point for our new investment uh, energy commodities. Yeah, well, you mentioned several commodities where you're active in. Trading environmental commodities is also an important topic for, for Energisa. Not all of our listeners, by the way, are into trading. So maybe it's good first to explain um, what kind of commodities uh, qualify as environmental commodities. I think there are also some, some different thoughts regarding this, but to make it simple, at the end, green environmental commodities for us, uh, for our understanding is, which is uh, only produced and generated by uh, renewables. So meaning by solar, by wind, hydro. In some cases, uh, some other thoughts say that also nuclears are uh, more or less uh, environmental as no fossil fuels are burned or um, there is no pollution um, at the end, no direct pollution um, during the generation. But at the end, from my perspective, of course, um, you have to take into consideration also the long term impact uh, of nuclears. So uh, making it simple for us, uh, everything which is generated um, without any fossil fuel and our, uh, without any nuclear is for us a green environmental commodity. And for sure, the European Union is also pushing uh, this trend and uh, development. And on the other side, we have also the commodities, which is also a commodity, uh, are uh, the certificates. We have to take this also into consideration. And um, from our generation side, we have a credit um, regarding the, um, the green certificates. And we are active on several voluntary platforms um, with uh, certificates, so buying and selling and offering this also to end customers. And on the other side, we have also a team which is giving more or less consultancy services to uh, end customers in order to, uh, to get a green balance uh, in their entities. Yep. And, and how do you see the future for, well, both the, well, the environmental commodities and also the certificate market? You know, from one side, again, from the trader's perspective, if you have enough bullets uh, that you can use, um, means that you have enough 
uh, goods uh, where you can trade. But um, at the end, you need a, a common understanding and a unified and uh, harmonized platforms, trustworthy platforms and certificated platforms where you know it is green and uh, where it's, uh, where you have a proven track record regarding the um, the green certificates. And on one side, you have the geos. Um, which are under the uh, more or less uh, reported and under the control of the, of the European Union. But if you go globally, of course, you need other platforms, especially the voluntary ones, uh, where you need um, a common trust and uh, a proven trust uh, record. So there we are also very active in, in, in the voluntary part. But uh, coming back to the European Union, of course, um, there must be a, a governmental or a political and harmonized, let's say, directive, which is accepted by the countries and, uh, of course, also of the counterparts. And uh, there, of course, the Euro European Union is giving the role and um, opening, of course, also the, um, the ways how to trade it and um, how to report it. So, yeah. of course, the political uh, side of the business is more important than the trader's opinion. Of course, the trader wants goods to trade, but uh, on the other side, you need sustainable and showing the future uh, regarding the, um, the trustworthy and responsibility regarding these goods. Okay. Well, you've already described uh, a few trends that happened in the past two years. Well, the extremely volatile energy markets. Um, you said basically the market dynamics have changed. Uh, you mentioned some some major trends uh, that are changing the trading environment. How are you as a as a company uh, adapting to these uh, changing market dynamics? On one side, you need the responsibility of each individual um, working for the company. Um, but on the other side, the risk management is not the best friend of uh, of each trader. But on the other side, you need uh, you need a risk policy uh, within the company um, where you have your certain rules and your certain limits for each trader. Uh, because on the uh, on one side, a trader wants always to trade, and a limit for a trader is of course um, not very welcome. But on the other side, you need this kind of of security to have this kind of let's say overview and to foresee also the un unexpected. Um, of course, nobody could expect what kind of impact uh, the COVID uh, um, time had. Nobody could foresee in detail uh, what impact the Russian and Ukrainian conflict uh, would have for uh, for each market of power or gas, or um, also the uh, the political impact on 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 that side. But it caused a lot of volatility, and um, as I said at the beginning, so volatility is um, is appreciated by the traders. Um, so many companies and also big utilities make huge profits uh, because of this volatility in the markets. But it has also the risk. We saw big companies uh, failed um, because they were uh, just relying on one supplier or on one uh, country as a supplier. And we saw what uh, what can happen to, to companies where you thought it's too big to fail. But it happens. Um, so at the end, you need um, in each company a, a, a well-functioning risk, compliance, legal, and also a common understanding of the markets and um, a common understanding of the rules and also to uh, to follow the rules. Um, we saw uh, the margining call problems um, with this amazing volatile markets. And we saw also what uh, what kind of companies 
could or are threatened uh, to get in default um, with with all this margin call problems uh, at that time. So um, you you started not to overview or not to uh, review market prices on coal, gas, or cheese. So you were just following um, the cost of capital. So and I think this um, is not very healthy for uh, for the whole market, where you're not focusing on 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 your own commodity, and uh, you have to observe too many factors just to secure your own profits and uh, your own existence at the end. Well, thank you, uh, Ahmed, for uh, for sharing some insights with us, both on the uh, SEE markets and also uh, on the strategy of energy commodities. I wish you a lot of luck. Uh, you will be present because at the time we are recording this, this is before the uh, Energy Trading Central and Southeastern Europe conference will take place. I think energy commodities will have a big presence at that conference as well so the the lucky uh, people and, and listeners who are at the conference will probably hear a lot more uh, about your company there thanks a lot to our audience thank you for listening and uh, see you next podcast thank you very much see you thank you for listening to this energy transitions podcast brought to you by enlit and friends visit enlit.world for more episodes see you next time